Hello, everybody, and like to welcome you to our fourth podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, and with me here is... Trent Matthew. Hey, hey. All right. And I just wanted to start this off with just a little bit of humor. The other day, my wife, she was doing some exercise. I nuts. <laughs> and she got... She was wearing a pedometer, but... You know, and that's the th thing that counts your, how many steps you take, but it's spelled like pedometer. And my wife, she knows I'm attracted to children. She teases me when she, you know, oh, here I got my pedometer, you know, and in the clo if she gets close to me, it's going to start beeping. It starts beeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and one day, but literally one day she was gone uh, and it, the, the pedometer, pedometer was sitting on the counter and it started, it made some noise. And I had to, I couldn't resist. I like started walking closer to it to see if it would start beeping. Just wondering if it could detect me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, pedo meters. I heard actually, it's funny you say that because like I was just like browsing some memes the other day and I saw this one thing. It was like, this this app which is linked in to the gps system which detects all of the um sex offenders in a certain radius and it starts playing the jaws music whenever you start to get close to someone oh no that's just oh that's just awful <laughs> Uh, well, we, ha look, we have to laugh about stuff like that or we just cry basically so <laughs> pretty much pretty much uh, so today's topic we're going to be discussing the narrow way and so basically despite having our attraction we understand that there is a way that god has for us to live there is a plan that he has uh for our life and we have decided that in spite of our attraction we're going to choose his way and we're going to obey Christ and not live according to our feelings. And I thought I just, uh, and I should also just say that in no way do we ever condone uh, sexual involvement with children. It is inherently harmful and it goes um, against what God has for our sexuality. Talking about the narrow way, which Jesus describes. Uh, but first, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate in a sense. There are people who perhaps don't have the hope of god in their lives and and all they see is what's in this world and and i've heard it said look okay we are attracted to minors and it's a, a, a bad situation uh so okay yeah we're not going to hurt kids but why don't we just enjoy our sexuality as much as possible without hurting kids so that might mean looking at pictures that are legal or fantasizing or or enjoying being around kids like in the mall or things like that. And it's said like, okay, well, everybody else gets to explore and enjoy their sexuality. Can't we just make the best of a bad situation? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like uh, from the whole devil's advocate, it can be pretty um, understandable in, in the way where it's like, well, everyone else gets to enjoy our sexuality. But I mean, we really have to acknowledge that it really is that slippery slope. And it's like, you know, one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. But um, second to that, this isn't what God has for us. You know, God gave us life. I mean, so that we can have life to the full. 
and just giving way to lust, giving way to sin uh, like this isn't the best life. I mean, because if, if you happen to be one of these people who does the wrong thing by fantasizing or whatever, like you are walking that fine line between going, you know, have I gone too far or, and you're always having to ride that thing. Whereas I think in, in our minds, at least, is that you should be running as far away from this sort of stuff as you can because this stuff will drag you down and it drags so many people under. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I'm attracted to kids too. And it it can be hard. Like sometimes you just want to say, I want to chase those good feelings. Like sometimes you fall in love with a certain kid or there's all of that. And it's, it's, it's like Trent, like once you say it's still, it's a hard way to live. Yeah, I mean, because you're like seconds from death. It's like playing chicken with a train. It's like, hey, let's see how much I can get away with until I die. You know, it's completely <laughs> insane. Yeah. <laughs> I have talked with folks who are attracted to kids and they, and they try to enjoy it in a way, but it seems like frustration and despair are just moments away. Like the closer you get towards that edge of that cliff, the sooner you are to just the edge can crumble and you can just fall in forever and and people do like i sent you that story today didn't i i know it was like yesterday that guy from glee who got into that whole thing about the whole child pornography thing yeah and then he he like and and then he got in trouble and then he went through the court system and then he was going to get thrown into jail and he actually committed suicide i think the number one thing that helps is to recognize that if we're just simply focused on our feelings of attraction or sexuality, our world constricts to a narrow point and, and depths of isolation, internal focus. To beat this, a person has to have something bigger. Like uh, the biggest thing, obviously, is God. If you know God and th- that Jesus mm-hmm. is your savior, it's like he gives you that, that something bigger to live for, where simply being attracted to children is not your entire focus. It's not pulling you in because, because you're something bigger, something beyond that. Yeah, that's right. And we want you to know that there is a third option. This isn't just this horrible dilemma where it's like, well, if I act out, then I die. And if I don't act out, then I'll just mm. die anyway. You know, person needs to live for something more. There has to be that deep satisfaction within every single person's soul if jesus is your savior that means that you have something bigger to live for that means that he satisfies the desire of your soul he created you in his image he paid the biggest price so that he could be with you he deeply cares about you he knows everything about you even the things you don't know about yourself and you can walk forward day by day with him and it's a story worth living i mean jesus sets us free from sin such that sin is not our core identity. If you've ever read C.S. Lewis's Narnia series, book called Silverchair, there's a scene where Jill, one of the characters, she sees Aslan next to the stream, and she's about to drink from the stream, but she's too afraid to. Like, she's got this kind of shame that she cannot approach Aslan, like she cannot drink that living water that she so desperately needs. She says, well, you know, surely I can drink from another stream. And then Aslan says, there is no other stream. Oh. You know, this is it. <laughs> there is only one place we can get that fulfillment. 
And she says, well, okay, well, then I just won't drink at all. And <laughs> he says, yeah. well, well, then you'll die, you know? <laughs> and, right. and this is what it's like. Like, you need to have that relational fullness with Christ. But if you're too afraid to approach God, to ask God, then, you know, there's, there's nothing else out there for you. Like, this is it. There, there is no other stream. Uh, that's such a good analogy. I'm glad you brought, I totally forgot that. But yeah, Jesus, he just made it clear terms there's a broad way which is the world and you can walk along that in any sort of manner there's plenty of room to chase after evil i guess but there's a narrow way that he said he he went first and we're to follow him along that narrow way and and god's intention is to give us life like jesus said he came that we'd have life in a, abundantly it also means, on the other hand, that we're going to deny that old self. Like, we're going to deny the things that are evil, that are against what God would want. Even if it's natural, even if I have... Yeah, I didn't choose to be attracted to kids, but but that doesn't mean I'm just going to give in or something. It's like, okay, what? All right, there it is. I choose to honor God with my sexuality rather than chase that. He said it's like dead to sin, but alive to Jesus. And uh, C.S. Lewis, since we've mentioned him before, uh, in, in the la book, The Last Battle, he said the direction is higher up and further in, which means closer to God's heart and with m all our heart. Oswald Chambers titled his famous devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. So it's actually a very special, like a grand thing that we're living for. When you just are standing in the light of it, it makes all of the tension and aggravation regarding sexuality and all that a temporary, momentary affliction. And victory with the Lord in this life works for us a much higher weight of glory. So, Trent, what what is your notion and feeling of what it means to walk with God daily? When we have Jesus, I mean, he says that he satisfies the spiritual, and you might think to yourself, whoop you do you know, the, the spiritual can sound so vague and, or whatever. But, I mean, if you have that inner core, the deep desires of your very soul satisfy, then what that does is that actually has an outworking which affects everything else as well. So if your soul is satisfied, that will affect the way that you feel inside emotionally. It will affect the way that you think, you know, and the way that you think affects the way that you feel in turn and then, That'll affect your actions, what you do, and all of the stuff that's on the outside. So what happens is that it starts from the very, very inside, and then it works its way out. It's a process of growth. It's a growing process. It's like that step by step, each day, God walks with us, and God changes us over that long period of time. We have our good days. We have our bad days. We have our tired days and everything, but the love of God remains constant. So we can walk confidently in him. And then I think that's what it means to walk with God. Does that answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Ultimately, God created us so that he could be in relationship and have someone to love a relationship with God. Like he first just says, come to him. He doesn't ask you to change or do anything first. He says, come to me. And he'll bear your burdens and cleanse you of your sin and, and the shame of that. And then he says, you know, follow me. And so that daily walk is simply that following him. Like he walks ahead and you follow him. 
if you're out there and, and you know, you're a, a pedophile, you're attracted to children, I want you to know that God cares about your sexuality and not just a set of rules. Yeah, there's clear boundaries of what evil and sin is and what hurts people and what's against what God's heart for us is. So, you know, I'm not blurring that line at all. But I do want to say that God is not stumped by pedophilia. It's like it's not the one situation where it's like, oh, I, I can't help them. All I can do is give them rules and, and that's it. No, it's like he he can still satisfy the desire of your heart. Now, again, I'm not talking about, you know, satisfy sexual attraction because that's that's a mental condition that's part of this world. And when we die and go to heaven, we're not going to carry that with us. But as far as real genuine intimacy with others, it may be adults, but he's going to provide your need. You're not going to be alone, and you're probably not going to be as alone as you are without God, just all locked up in your thoughts, looking at your computer, whatever you're doing. You're really alone. And I'll tell you, and I can say this for myself, when I started following the Lord, I knew he cared about those deep needs. And whether it was through friendship with adult friends, in my case, a spouse, someone who I could walk this life with, he does care in a positive way about your sexuality. He can supply us. I like how you made that point. Healthy relating to other people really does start with healthy relating with God. Once you understand what love really is, that sacrificial love, once shame is eliminated, uh, in the sense that we can be innocent, standing before God, clothed in Christ, we can really have that genuine humility and that genuine, uh, how do I say this, <laughs> genuine genuineness where we can just approach people and just talk without being nervous or self-conscious or anything because we feel value in Christ. Yeah, yeah, you have something to offer this world, you know. This mental condition, it can't, yeah, it, it's no match for what God can still do in your life. Hmm. We're talking about that the narrow way that Jesus, he walks ahead of each one of us and, and we have a lot of hope. And so that's that narrow way. Just to balance this, to say the narrow way also means that we're not compromising with sin. Yeah, so it's like that whole God never permits sin. Yeah, yeah. And sin has real life consequences. And, and God mm. is clear what you sow, you'll reap. He has he's gentle like mercy on like a father and his child but but there are real consequences in life if 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 you choose to chase after your feelings and you know in a harmful way mm. to others there's going to be consequences and God's not going to give up on you but 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 at the same time he doesn't promise that he's going to take away those consequences like if if you do the wrong thing then like take for example Samson. Like mm. he he got tricked and he fell in love with the Delilah who he wasn't yeah. supposed to, and and then he got tricked and then he got captured and then he got his eyes burnt out and everything. But even <laughs> at the end of that story, though, despite all of these horrible, horrible, horrible things that happened to him, God was still sort of with him through that. And at the end of his life, he was more victorious than he was throughout the rest of his life. So yes, God can redeem people from consequences if you personally are suffering these consequences now god hasn't given up on you but for those of you who haven't suffered yet god certainly doesn't promise that he's gonna take away the consequences just because you're a christian i mean if, if you're saved you shouldn't want to live in sin anymore because you've been freed from sin yeah and 
Sorry, like you know, <laughs> Samson getting his eyes cut out. On a similar note, <laughs> it's not very funny, I guess. Sorry, uh, but Jesus, <laughs> but, but Jesus gives that analogy. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it from you, because it's better for you to go to heaven and and be you know walk with God and be with God rather than have everything and go to hell. And it really that clicked for me. Because I had to draw some real personal boundaries. These are my personal boundaries. And this, you know, I'm not saying this to impose this on everybody. I'm not. But these are mine, Michael's personal boundaries, that I do not form relationships with children outside my immediate family. I don't work with children. I don't, not at church. And I've had to make career decisions where, you know, I wasn't going to work with children. And... And those are my boundaries with me and God. And it hurt. I'm going to be honest, it hurt. Because pedophilia aside, I'm just, I, I care about children. You know, I, I it's kind of weird to like, oh, well, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have any contact with children any, in society. It's like, wow, that's really something. Um, but then it was like, yeah, it's, I cut off my hand and it hurts, but it's a sacrifice. Like, I know I did that for Jesus. And I'm honoring him by those boundaries. And yeah, it might hurt a little bit now, but it's onward to heaven. It's like onward to honoring God. And so that's sort of my personal boundary. And I know the other day you told me about being on the train and a choice you made. That's true. So I was on the train the other day and like I was just sitting there minding my own business. right. And these two, they would have been in like 13, 14 or something. And they hopped on the train you know, mm-hmm. very good looking, very attractive and all this sort of stuff. And I noticed them. But as soon as I noticed them, I realized that I needed to move so that once they were out of sight, they were sort of out of mind. So, you yeah. know, that, and I moved to the next carriage, right? Right. That was a good thing. And then I could finally breathe. And then I could be like, okay, thanks, God. Now let's keep focused on the things that are worth focusing on, right? Yeah. And then what happened is that, is that they moved to my <laughs> carriage <laughs> and sat down like right in front of me again. And I was like, no. And so I had to get up again and then I had to move to the carriage to the next carriage even further along. And uh, yeah, just to get out of that situation. And so like, even though some of you might be listening and thinking, oh, that's so lame, you know, you know, why are you being so paranoid? No, like this is how you stay out of trouble by being paranoid in that sense, by not really trusting yourself too much with anything. Um, looking leads to thinking, leads to blah, blah, blah. And you'd really want to stop this process as soon as you can. You want to stop this thing absolutely dead in its tracks by cutting it off. Well, (laughs) cutting it off. Oh, wow. Can you take that out? (laughs) I can't recover from that. I really can't. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, well, I'm sure there were some people in like the early church history and those cults who did weird stuff like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I, was, I was reading about one saint who threw himself into a thorn bush whenever he had a bad thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And that's really I like, what I like about that story. You said it's, it's usually the second time, like you had to, <laughs> you had to flee temptation twice. And usually sometimes it's the second time where you're like, ah, oh, well, whatever. But or third time, or like you just have to keep on going. And because it's not like Satan's going to be like, oh, 
you know <laughs> i'll let him go yeah, <laughs> like he's like there to get you basically um, <laughs> yeah. and it's i think that's why jesus said to his disciples right before he was crucified you know he said watch and pray lest you fall into temptation he didn't say watch yeah. and pray lest you fall into sin specifically but he said temptation because temptation is a bad enough place to be in yeah and like that's what we want to avoid now this might be sounding pretty drastic all of a sudden because we're kind of talking about the the negative edge of falling off that narrow way but just to balance again on uh, the reason that we're we're motivated to flee temptation and do this is because to walk with God and have his purpose and know that he's guiding your life to some to a meaning and and that he knows the days ahead of you and and dreams about what you'll do and like a good father like he has dreams for your life like that's why like the bible says we fix our eyes on Jesus and we fight the good fight you know and and as you do this the temptation doesn't have the same hold on you like I'm sure Trent if you had stayed around and stared at those those two boys and then you know let your thoughts you know you you find yourself mucked up yeah. in it and and it, you have a choice you want to go further into dark or you know f- fall further down or what are you going to do but but if you make a habit out of no I'm going to f- fix my eyes on Jesus I'm going to choose to honor him rather than chase those feelings the temptation it it just doesn't occupy every waking thought like it does when you're mm. in the middle of it you know you do start to break free in a way and you do start to live yeah. above the clouds like you're flying above the storm in a way and you can and um i just want to say this this is one of my favorite verses it's psalm 27:13 david's talking but he said i would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. Which means this is not just pie in the sky. It's even though there is something wonderful ahead in, in heaven, it's that Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us and in us real time. Like, so we have hope. Our hope is in God for this life. And so that hope is what motivates us when temptation does hit, you know, when we realize, yeah, that narrow way is sometimes a th- pretty narrow, like can't go to the left, can't go to the right. You have to go forward and, and it hurts sometimes. It, sometimes it's, you know, ah, you know, I just wish I didn't have to keep fighting all that. Every, but it's today, today I overcame, you know, today and then and tomorrow will be that and we're going somewhere so there's a strong positive to this that's urging us forward that's it and i think it's also important to remember that the more you resist temptation the more you focus on christ is that i think the more you actually enjoy just the presence of god and just Mm -hmm. walking with god and just to have that father who's there with you throughout all of this stuff brings so much more peace, so much more comfort, so much more joy than anything that your, you know, filthy mind could ever think of. Like, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so much better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We may not understand what God is doing right now, but if we stick with it, if we have that perseverance and just keep on walking with God, then we'll, we'll, see, we'll see the outcome of it support is available we have an email on our website which is christianpedophile.com and trent or i will respond if you 
need help and you email us. Thank you everyone for listening. I just wish you the best and we're praying for you. So goodbye. Bye.